Oh my god, they took Trey Lance. Wow. Alright, man. Oh, he's pissed. He's not pissed that he's going to New England. He's pissed that he waited this long. Oh my god, he fell to 15. He fell right into their laps. It's I that think, good kind of piss, that chip on my shoulder piss. He's fucking ready to go. He's so ready to go. Let's go. Yo, he wants to get to work right now. Let's go, Mac. Uh, he just won me over. How about that? Oh, boy. Mac Jones. Finally got a quarterback. Maybe. Maybe got a quarterback. We have a guy. We have we a have, guy. We have a plan. It seems as though now there's there's finally a plan. Well, it certainly seemed like things fell into perfect place for the Patriots last night, and I sent you a gif. I love it when a plan comes together, and that's how Bill Belichick was last night. Welcome to the Eminem Football Show, second episode, and kind of an emergency one. I texted you last yep. night. Was it after the pick or before the pick? I was like, let's do this. Friday, it was after Friday the pick. Show. I wanted to do it right then and there. Like, let's record at 1130 at night. Oh, my God. First round quarterback drafted since Drew Bledsoe. How about yeah. that? Yeah, Am I right? that? yeah. So that ninety three, right? So we're talking twenty eight yeah. years. It's crazy because we weren't alive back then. No, when were you born? No, I was born in ninety four. Uh, okay, I was born in ninety eight. So we weren't even alive back then. But oh my god, Mac Jones! I mean, they'll hear our reactions at the start of the podcast <laughs> at the start of this, and I must say. Yes, I do sound overly excited that the 49ers took Trey Lance, but only because that kicked off. Jimmy G is not coming here. So just going back, like before the pick was made, were you if, if you had to choose between like the one of those three quarterbacks that could have been available with Jones, Fields and Lance or Garoppolo? Did you have a preference out of any of those four names? Honestly, not not Trey Lance. Not Trey. I mean, Fields, because not because he knows Cam Newton or, you know, went to his. I just because that with Cam Newton, that felt like the offense we were trying to cater and kind of move towards, which that's how the game is starting to become right. nowadays. Everybody's a mobile quarterback. So I wouldn't have a problem if we got Fields. It just I said this to you in the last episode, and I think I've said this to you a million times. Would I hate it if they got Garoppolo? No. Would I love it? No. He's damaged goods. He's not the guy that you had in 2014 or in 2016. He's made a porcelain. So if he gets hurt of a you know because of a high ankle sprain at week four and he's out for two weeks, we're going back to Stidham. It's Stidham or Newton, right? So give me the new guy who's going to be. You're trying to find the future quarterback, the future guy. How I can't remember how old Jimmy G is off the top of my head, but he just doesn't seem the long term solution, only because he can't stay healthy. Like yeah. I was talking to my brother the other uh, last night that he said, you know, hey, Aaron Rodgers wants a trade. I highly doubt what this would happen. But what would you do if the Patriots made a move? Well, to me right now, Aaron Rodgers is guaranteed to give you 16. I'm sorry, 17 games. Garoppolo isn't. So I'm going to take the healthy guy. But I, whether it was Fields or Jones, I'm glad they got the new guy. This seems more long term. And I think they're both going to take a little bit of grooming. Maybe not Fields now because he's in Chicago, but definitely Jones. So I'm happy with the pick. You should, like you said, it's exciting. Well, I think it's the highest draft pick that they've had since Nate Solder in 2011. I think he was taken 17th overall, and 
Uh, Gerard Mayo was taken like ninth overall or 10th overall back in 2008. And the only reason they had to pick that high was because they had traded Richard Seymour to the, to the Raiders. Mm. Uh, they should have had two first round picks that year, but they lost one of them due to uh, <clears throat> some illegal videotaping. Uh, but Yikes. the, 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 the whole point of the draft is obviously to not just make your team better, but to give yourself financial flexibility and, I think one of the reasons that Belichick has never wanted to really take guys high up is because those contracts are slotted. And I, what's it like after every pick or every two picks, it'll drop down like a million or $2 million until you get to the point where it's like, everyone's just the same amount. It's kind of nice to have a guy on your roster. You can pick up a fifth year option. If you want to have him stick around uh, like the Ravens, they picked up. Uh, Lamar Jackson's fifth year option. He was taken with the last pick in the first round. It's $23 million. That's $2 million less than you would have had to pay Jimmy Garoppolo five year options. And then you could always franchise him one year, two years. Like you have this guy under team control, very loosely team control for seven years. So you can invest in him for seven years. That's seven years of a plan, right? Two more years than a five year plan, which is what people usually make. So this ties into free agency because this isn't, you didn't get twenty. What they have over sixty million dollars in cap space to work with. You didn't sign twenty guys, twenty different guys to one-year deals. You signed ten guys to two or three. Majority, ninety percent of the deals are for the next two to three years. So we'll get into it, you know, as the show goes along. But if you have Newton or Stidham start week one, and you're trying to develop Jones and get him accustomed to whatever offense you're going to run, because he is that he he is a tr- traditionally what the Patriots have run. It's what Mac Jones is. So that's right. another perfect reason for the pick. And the accurate the accuracy, he's one of the arguably one of the best arms in the in the draft out of the five. So here's my question. How many Alabama games would you say you watched over the last couple of seasons? Because you're like a, a Notre Dame guy, right? No, I definitely watched the last uh Alabama Notre Dame game. <laughs> I can tell you that much. He looked great in that game, I'll tell you that much. But he had such great weapons. When people talk about his accuracy, I never really had to see it because his guys were wide open. Like, can right. he throw the ball 50, 60 yards downfield effortlessly? Yeah. But I'm more concerned about him being able to hit the running back on a wheel route. Like, those were the throws that Cam Newton couldn't make. Right, right. Well, now you might not have to rely on those as much because not that Brady's arm was... um decreasing in strength but there were sometimes maybe they didn't have the targets for those types of throws or maybe brady right. yet couldn't make it consistently we even saw brady with the bucks this year make some awful throws especially in that nfc championship game two of those interceptions were god-awful trash yeah just so, kind of like throwing it up and hoping somebody comes down with it wearing a red jersey right exactly so now you have a guy i think i'm pretty sure it was court kurt warner who was talking about this after the patriots made the pick and they were reviewing mac jones it's his anticipation, you know, his ability to wait in the pocket for his, you know, for whoever to get go. And this is another point. You got to keep, you know, guys around him because, yeah, right. I mean, that's the bigger that's kind of like the devil's advocate that people are playing it that. Yeah, he had the best wide receiver core in college football. So now you got to keep targets around him. But his anticipation is accuracy is the best, arguably the best in the uh, in the draft. Well, so and you mentioned free agency, the Patriots having a, a very busy offseason so far and being very active in free agency. 
Right. They addressed their offensive line because I, I, I think Marcus Cannon officially retired, right? Because he was coming back from COVID and I'm almost certain that he made his retirement. Oh, no. You know what? I think no, he went they to the Texans. To, uh, yeah, they traded him to the Texans. Right. Um, so they were already planning on overhauling their offensive line. They brought in Trent Brown. They've still got Oenu. They've still got Isaiah Wynn. Um, they re-signed David Andrews, and they also brought back Ted Harris. So familiarity and continuity across the offensive line, I think, is something that Bill Belichick teams have always focused on. Not so much the individual talent of each player, but how the unit works together and how they communicate with the quarterback. So if Mac Jones is one of these cerebral guys that likes to stay in the pocket, break down a defense, having an offensive line that can perform at a high level, not just physically, but mentally, I think is going to assist him as well. And David Andrews, I think, is one of the, the better centers in the league at being able to you know, diagnose rushers and call out uh, you know, blocking assignments and all, all that type of stuff. Uh, so I think he'll benefit greatly from that. And then picking up those two tight ends, like I don't know how healthy Hunter Henry is going to be in his Patriots career, right? but Jonu Smith seems like he's going to be a pretty good addition, and, and Hunter Henry seems like a pretty good addition, and you bring in Aguilar and, and Kendrick Bourne, and he's got some guys that I think he can throw to. I'll be interested in seeing how uh, Nikhil Harry interacts with Mac Jones, though, because this may be Nikhil Harry's true last shot in New England. This Ever is a since. team, a team on offense that lacked speed for a couple of seasons now. Right. And uh, I think they're, and we'll see what happens later on in the draft. Cause we're obviously recording this before the second and third rounds, but we'll mm. see. They didn't add speed at the quarterback position. We'll see what they do at the other skill positions on the offensive side of the ball. Right. And I know some people were saying that, and it's funny too, because they mentioned that about the 49ers um, might've been on 98.5 that someone said this. I think on yeah, on Zolak and Bertrand, mm -hmm. they uh, they said if you know if the 49ers went and got Mac Jones, it's kind of like catering to a Jimmy G offense again. But sure. the thing is, is Shanahan he didn't like how mobile Garoppolo was, hence why he probably got hurt a lot. I think with Garoppolo, it was more that he didn't trust him to hold on to the ball, and and because he was fragile. Oh yeah, Be, yeah but he he but there was a. Like when the play broke down with Garoppolo, you weren't going to get the same upside as you will with a guy like Trey Lance. So mm. if you're designing these plays with play action to try and kind of like suck the linebackers up so that it's giving you more room to throw behind them in front of the safeties, that's like verbatim from a radio segment this past week, by the way. I, uh, I, I don't know how accurate you need to be. So Garoppolo, who throws a very nice ball, and is accurate for the most part, unless you're trying to hit Emmanuel Sanders to win the Super Bowl. Right. You know, a guy like Trey Lance may be the better decision because if the throws are easy and anybody can make them, it is what happens when that play breaks down or if we didn't pick up, you know, the, the fifth pass rusher or anything like that, you get a little bit more flexibility on, on you know, converting whatever down it is or making the play with a guy like Trey Lance versus Jimmy Garoppolo, but it's all going to come down to whether or not he holds on to the ball. All right. So I think we should go back, you know, and this will lead in. We've reviewed the pick so far. 
And I can say we're both generally excited and happy that the Patriots are going in a direction, you know, that we should be happy about. It's something new. So let's start. Okay. So let's go back to eight o'clock. By the way, what a circus of a draft. Oh, it was awful. So I oh was, my I was, God. I was at a coach's meeting and I wanted to be home by eight o'clock because that's when the draft started. Once I saw Kings of Leon at 801, I was like, yeah, I got like 45 minutes before this thing's really going to kick off. I set up like I had my laptop and everything ready to go and was going to take some notes and just get things ready for today. And yeah, I think I went down to go get a water or something. I come back. It's like 805 and Rich, I like you hear you heard Rich Eisen come back like intermittently over the, you know, over the audio and just go, oh, yeah, Kings of Leon. You know, let's let's tone into this draft class right now. It sounds great. I'm like, where oh my did, god, eight twenty six. The them? first pack. Who? Kings, Kings of, Leon? of Leon. Like I know they were. Who a else thing are you gonna get? <laughs> Anybody? I mean, I can't imagine they got paid very much. I think somebody would have done it for cheaper, and they would have probably benefited from it a little bit more. But yeah, no doubter though that Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson go one two. But when that third pick happens. And they announced Trey Lance's name instead of Mac Jones. Were you thinking that he was automatically going to be slipping to 15? Or do you think there was going to be another team to go up and get him? No, no, not to pick, not to 15 right then and there. But I was, uh, something was starting. Again, my first initial thought was, okay, the Jimmy G thing, not happening. And whether Bell, you know, whether the Patriots were trying to get involved with that, like I said to you before the show. Belichick probably looked at Kraft and everybody else in the room and said, we got to base everything off what the Ford, we have no control over what's going to happen at pick number three. So whatever they're going to pick, we got to go from there. And they took Trey Lance. So that told me and probably everybody else in the room that no more Jimmy G is not coming here anymore. And then who do you think about after that, that needs a quarterback Denver, Denver takes a corner back. So that tells you how confident they are and rightfully so. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, not terrible in his last two years. I mean, especially with the Saints, he went what he what seven or seven and zero when Breeze yeah. was out. I think he went. I would he play five games? Yeah, I think he went five and zero. Yeah, but he's he's another one of these guys. Like, okay, he played well for five games. Now do it for seventeen. Right. He, he had a good year in Minnesota, and I think like back in twenty fifteen, I want to say he made the Pro Bowl through like four thousand yards. Team might have gone like eleven and five, ten and six, right around there. Mm. But. uh if you are spent, this is this is the narrative that would be happening in New England. We trade a sixth round pick to get a retread veteran at the quarterback position. The problem's still not solved. Yeah. You can say that he may be a stopgap, but if you're investing a sixth round pick in a quarterback in the NFL, he's not your solution. So right. Denver doesn't have a solution at quarterback. In they that case, you've got him on the cheap. Yeah. I mean, they may be trying to just make competition between him and Drew Locke. Right. I don't know how much Locke is going to benefit from a competition with Teddy Bridgewater, but go with the better guy. I mean, we want to shit on Belichick for how awful he's been with his picks lately. I mean, that's the equivalent of John Elway trying to hit on a quarterback. Right. That's like, what have, they had, what have they had? 15 since Peyton Manning? Uh, Paxton Lynch, Brock Osweiler, Case Keenum, Drew Locke. I think it's ridiculous. Had, like Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon, uh, yeah. yeah. It's, been, it's been awful. It's been absolutely awful. And that so, team just absolutely collapsed. I mean, could you imagine? I mean, I don't know. Could you imagine if Belichick was not hitting on a single quarterback? At least he's not John. And, John, uh, and you should expect John Elway to know that position. So my concern with 
the Mac Jones selection is I was hoping for a little bit more like a sexier pick. I'm not talking about the guy's looks, but <laughs> Mac Jones doesn't pop for me. He's not, it wasn't a sexy pick. Like Justin Fields, that would have been a sexy pick. Trey Lance, if they, if he had stuck around, would have been a sexy pick. Even if they had known that Micah Parsons was going to be going to the, uh, to the Cowboys, if they had traded up to get Micah Parsons, that would have been a sexy pick. Mm sticking around at 15 to get the the fifth of the five quarterbacks to go in the first round. It it does give me some concern that they just kind of settled for Mac Jones. So you wanted the more athletic guy. I wanted to feel afterwards, like there was intent and I can't say beyond a reasonable doubt that there was intent or no intent. What am I trying to say? I think, they ended up with Mac Jones. Maybe they wanted him. Maybe he was the number one guy on their, on their, you know, depth chart or draft chart, whatever. Yeah. But I mean, there was no guarantee this guy was going to be sticking around to 15. Everybody thought he was going third. Everybody thought he was going. That's, that's all we heard for a week leading up to it, that Mac Jones was going to be going third overall. And you had people that were pumping his tires and you had people that were kind of talking him down and, Look, I hope that he doesn't become one of these like was talked up in the draft and then slipped and then just like turned into like Josh Rosen. Like, do I think he's Josh Rosen? No, but like Josh Rosen had the potential of being a top pick and then he slipped until 10th overall. The Cardinals chose him. And well, what's what's another one? Mitch Trubisky. What pick would be a good one? He was number three. He uh, number two. No, he he was number two. Chicago moved up from three to two to take him passing on. Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. Right. I mean, yeah, that whole Josh Rosen comment, you know, 10, 10 teams made a mistake. Kind of, kind of reminded me of Wilson's take last night. Yeah. You know, Jets, we're going to a Super Bowl. Don't get ahead of yourself, kid. You don't know what you're walking into. Oh, see, I wasn't, I wasn't watching the, uh, the broadcast at that point. I was, I think I was driving home and I was listening to the radio much. No, I, I couldn't have, but, don't people that go to BYU graduate when they're like 28 because they're on mission trips? I saw your tweet. He looks like he's 12 years old. He he's an interesting one. Hmm. I think Definitely. he's I think he's a little full of himself. If it's one guy like he pumps his own tires. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he just that whole Jets going to a Super Bowl thing. Like I see. I like what Mac Mac Jones says or said last night and it um and we'll talk more about this when we get to the you know the three quarterbacks that New England has right now because he said like oh that's Cam Newton's situation mm-hmm. I'm going to support him and all he was humble mm-hmm. you know like it's really not that hard to screw it up but you know Zach Wilson's kind of attitude like yeah you know I'm number 2 it's like dude you might only be, re- be remembered for the suit you wore tonight in the next like couple of years so okay, don't get ahead of yourself this. He does clean up pretty well. Zach Will, if there's one thing I can give him credit for outside of his ability to play football, he cleans up pretty well. He does. So modeling is clearly the solution if, you know, quarterbacking in the NFL does not work out. So, yeah, Wilson goes at number two. Trey Lance at number three. That kind of gets things going like, all right, so this kind of stirs the pot a bit. What are we going to do? Number four, a team actually, be before I even mentioned Denver, Atlanta was kind of a team that was in the mix for a quarterback. Are they yeah. going to continue with Matt Ryan? But then they take Kyle Pitts from Florida, a tight end. So obviously they're trying to get some more weapons, even though while they're trying to trade Julio Jones, 
so but so they're going Matt with Matt Ryan, another team that's out of the mix for a quarterback. I mean, I I saw rumors last week, this week that there were talks between New England and Atlanta that they were going to be moving up to the fourth overall pick again. Like if they had Mac Jones as their guy and they knew that San Francisco is taking Trey Lance. So they were like, mm, maybe we do need to move up to number four to take him. Mm-hmm. Then this was a steal. This was absolutely a steal. But right. I, I, I rumor season around the draft. I mean, I was absolutely shocked at who got selected after Pitts went because I mean, it makes sense, but I did think that uh, the Bengals were going to get Joe Burrow help in, in other areas. Yeah, uh, a lot of reuniting of teammates from college yes. in the first yes. round, huh? Yeah. How about that? I mean, you're going to go with the guys. A couple of yeah. Alabama guys. You're going to go with the guys, you know, that have chemistry together. Uh, together. But um, I'm trying to pull. I don't have the the order in front of me who went uh, Wilson yeah so Sewell went to uh seven Jamar Chase okay yeah to the Lions but I thought they were going to take Sewell with uh the Cincinnati with their fifth pick fifth overall thought it was going to go Sewell and then you start thinking about okay which receiver is going to go first is it like it was a no-brainer if Cincinnati was going to go receiver like we got to get Jamar Chase he's probably the best of these top three guys but the simple fact that you have a relationship and have experience with him makes it a no-brainer right the Jalen Waddle selection over Devontae Smith I don't yeah I didn't get that I don't know I mean I know his comparable is is Tyreek Hill but I just I think Devontae Smith is is an absolute freak. And I think the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, who were the butt of every joke after they had traded twice, they traded. Uh, I think they probably made the right decisions, actually, like they they yeah. sort of locked out into making the right decisions and moving up and, and jumping the Giants and making a deal with the Cowboys, I thought was. You know, pretty sneaky, but seemed like everybody got who they want, except the Giants, maybe. So I was wrong. Carolina picked up J.C. Horn at eight. Um, then at so then Sertan went to Denver. Right. So Denver picked Sertan. After that, Alabama having a field day in this first round of the draft, huh? Jesus yeah. Christ, two guys in a row. So then, uh, Philadelphia picks up Devontae Smith uh, from Dallas uh, via trade. Then this is okay. So we're getting into the part of the draft where Chicago trades up to the eleventh pick from this the, is when, uh, the Giants. This for me was when the buttholes were getting a little uh, a little tight because I wasn't sure <laughs> which guy they were going to take. Because again, clenching I, a little I, bit. Yeah, I mean, when they said that they were taking Fields, and I, I got it spoiled by me because I was on Twitter, and that stuff gets revealed like three minutes before they actually make the pick on TV. Right. But I was kind of disappointed if they had taken Jones. I don't think I would have been disappointed. I think be, just because I'm a Patriots fan, I w- was looking forward to the pick regardless of who it was. Yeah. But if it had been Fields, I think I would have liked it a little bit more. That just would have been more juice to the story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, there's all that stuff where he was, uh, you know, I don't, I, I have no idea what year it was, but he attended one of uh, one of Cam Newton's. Uh, football camps that he usually does and cam newton was you know just gushing all over the kid you know saying mm. that he's going to be one of the best recruits in the country and he turned out to be 
So there's obviously that relationship there. And I know a lot of people are complaining or not complaining, but just kind of, you know, you know, oh, just because they know him, just because he knows him, that's not why he they should draft him. It's like, well, it kind of goes hand in hand with, again, you have Newton, and if you want to j- draft Justin Fields, and that's obviously the direction of the offense that you're going in, which, again, is the offense of today, which I, I wasn't going to be surprised if Denver took Justin Fields because they have Teddy Bridgewater, which Teddy Bridgewater is a good game manager, but honestly, yeah, kind of a mobile, a mobile guy, a guy who can be mobile. So he he was certainly more mobile earlier in his career, like before the injury, but he can right. move around enough so that he's not just a sitting. Du- he's not Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. Like yeah. those guys don't exist anymore. Doesn't stand in the pocket. Name. Joe Flacco is probably the last of those guys. Maybe Until Mac Jones comes along. Well, hopefully he moves around a little bit more. <laughs> I was going to say, now I'm thinking about all those Denver quarterbacks. They were kind of stiffs that just stood in the pocket too. So, well, again, but, John Elway can't hit on a, quarterback to save his life but hey you know tom brady ran with bricks on his feet so he turned out just fine it kind of did it just not kind of feel like and i honestly i was getting annoyed with the brady comparisons to mac jones Uh, especially from mel kuyper i mean i don't want to compare him to that but it kind of felt six rounds of the 2000 draft shoved into like the first round not i'm not saying that he's like a the 15th pick is kind of like 199 but it's just like you said begin at the beginning or before the show he had he was walking out of there like he had that chip on his shoulder which i definitely thought and that's what i was recording my reaction about how how he it seemed like he thought he was going third overall mm. and then i think he thought well there's going to be another team that's going to trade up so i won't be sitting here much longer it's got to be little embarrassing i mean you went 15th overall you, like and you get drafted by the new england patriots i wouldn't be embarrassed about anything but it's got to be a little bit shameful being the last guy taken right. and i don't know if there were any other quarterbacks that were invited or if they just kind of had the first rounded uh graded guys that that came because of covid or whatnot but he uh he had a little pep in his step and i thought it looked like he, he didn't have a smile on his face really at first. He, he looked like, fuck, let's go. Let's, let's get this going and grabbed his hat, went across the stage. And then it was like, it looked like he had this sigh of relief when he finally saw the commissioner. But up until that point, I thought he was just like, I'm mad. I'm ready to prove people wrong. Right. Maybe that's what it was. I also saw a lot of people making fun of how he walks. Like he's the, uh, the, the middle school vice principal, uh, breaking up fights in the cafeteria. <laughs> I saw a comparison on Twitter of him to uh, Vince McMahon doing. That I, I saw that one too. Or Belichick coming out of the tunnel in Detroit. <laughs> Whenever people use that one, if he's going to come and make a, a pick or grab somebody off free agency. But that's but, what turned me on about it. I was like, this kid's ready to fucking go. Yeah. I made me ready to go. I was ready to run there, through a brick wall for the kid. Yeah. there, There's emotion there. And, Right. I think it's important for like, that's what we get out of Brady. We get this guy off the field that seems to be cool, calm, well, even on the field, cool, calm, and collected, but well put together mm-hmm. and not very erratic. But once you kind of scratch that itch, he becomes one of the most insane competitors, mankind, maybe. Who knows? I don't want to make him out to be more than he actually is, but. Right, right. I'm glad that he had some emotion to him 
there would have been nothing worse than he gets drafted and he slumbers out there and he's got the sour look on his face and he goes through the interviews and he's like, yeah, it's a good organization. Uh, I'm excited to be a part of like, he seems to be happy to be a Patriot. And yeah, he said he secretly wants to end up. He wanted to end up there. Do you believe him? Yeah. I mean, so this goes into, they were to asking Trey Lance, like, Hey, you know, did you talk to Belichick at all? Or, you know, have you had any zooms with him? No, I haven't had any zooms with him at all. They were really, they were at that Alabama pro day. Like, like you said, it gives that Alabama pro day so much more context. Oh yeah. After last night, but they were, I think that they were truly invested in him. And I know a lot of people want to say that that inside the draft room video, you know, Belichick asking everybody, are we good with this? We good. Oh yeah. That was totally playing it on, man. I don't think so. Come on. You don't think so? So you think that we've actually gotten to the point where Belichick is consulting with his staff? Probably. That's what we want, right? That's what I want. I I mean, look at the GM decisions that he's made. Some of them are great. Some of them are all timers, but for the most part, he's swung and missed on a lot of them. And to be honest, I, I also am surprised that he wouldn't be trying to blame other people prior like yeah. it would have been so easy to say well why did you uh why did you take Tavon Wilson in the second round well it's the grade that we had as a as a staff and that's what they said to me like no you were the one that made the dumb decision and you're the one that's being held accountable um yeah I I am happy that there seems to be a little bit more autonomy if that's the right word I'm I'm hoping it is yeah otherwise I sound like an idiot but Kraft came out a couple of weeks ago and he, he spoke to the media and he was like, we're the process has changed. There's more people that are going to be involved now. And, uh, you know, what? I even heard this take yesterday that Bill's 69 years old. Nice. And like he doesn't kind of went over my go- head at first, <laughs> <laughs> but like he doesn't want to go through the grind like he did 20 years ago. Probably he wants to right. be on his boat in Nantucket and you know, enjoy the off season a little bit. So if he can defer some of those decisions to Patricia or McDaniels or Grohl or any of these guys that's on his staff now, right? Uh, all the power to him as long as he can coach him up. Well, like, well, that's the most trust that you're going to put it in. And I think Mac Jones has got it very well set up in Bel- in Bill Belichick. Because I'm sorry, the reason why Brady is so knowledgeable, I'm not saying his talent on the field, for anybody who's probably going to get pissed off when I say this, Oh, this is a Patriots podcast, Andrew. Only Patriots yeah. fans are listening. Right. So there's a reason why Brady is as knowledgeable as he is in the game. And that's because of Bill Belichick. That's because right. when you watch the 2009 um, football life about Bill Belichick, it's a part. It's a two-parter. I highly suggest you watch it if you haven't. If you haven't, I mean, you're living under a rock. They're sitting down in their office talking about how are we you know, going to anticipate Ed Reed. How are we going to read into his play? That's what bettered Brady. And that's exactly what Mac Jones is going to get. I'm not saying that they're going to, you know, right at, you know, day number one, they're going to sit down in the office and talk about everything under the sun. Right now, he's the third guy on the roster. That's exactly why when he got out of that press conference last night with Belichick saying, yeah, well, Cam Newton's our guy. And whether that's, you know, Stidham or uh, Jones, it's definitely not going to be the kid who uh, they just released from the Bengals practice squad. <laughs> and Brian Hoyer hasn't signed anywhere. Someone's got to play better than Cam. 
the the QB competition this year. Oh, I hope they let fans back in for training camp. They probably won't. Well, so, so you, oh, I didn't even think about like training camp. That's a good point. But you had brought up before we started recording today that there seems to be a new outlook on Cam Newton now, a little bit more of a positive outlook on Cam Newton. And I completely agree because right. the idea is, and, and we had talked about this prior as well. I've shared this take before how, He's one year into the system. He's going to have an off season. He should be healthier than he was last year coming off of, you know, it definitely puts a fire under his ass and he'll be more prepared. And he also does have better talent around him now than he did last year. So he's in a better situation. The team's in a better situation. I wouldn't be surprised if he has some success. It's just nice knowing that if you don't get quality quarterback play from Cam Newton and you know, it seems you're not going to get it from Jarrett Stidham. You have a third guy that you can go to. And this guy is someone that you're going to, you're not going to send him out there to lose games like you were doing with Cam Newton. Right. That's the difference. That's the difference between this year and last year, whether it was, and I couldn't, I mean, would I have liked to see Stidham just thrown in there just to start a game? Sure. I was ready to see anything at that point. But now, <laughs> but now you have, like you just said, we have a better plan. We have a better plan in place. If Newton isn't ready to go, then it, I hope it's Jones or it could be Stidham. I don't know what the hell Stidham did to fuck it up last year where he couldn't even get a rep with, you know, the ones half the time. And there was also that injury that actually we, for, I forgot to mention the last, uh, the last episode we did, he was hurt for a little bit. I think it was a bullshit. It wasn't anything serious. Yeah, it was like two weeks that he missed, but it was a setback. Right. But Belichick knew I'm not going anywhere with these two quarterbacks right now. And right. that's not a knock on them. It's just, it's, it's, it's the same scenario, whether I put in Stidham or Newton, it's going to be the same thing because this team is not where it needs to be right now as a, as a but whole. What does kind of piss me off though, unless we're just going to be talking about finances and mm-hmm. it's because Cam Newton was cheap, he was only like $3 million and Stidham's only a million bucks. Yeah. If you knew you were going to be drafting a quarterback or if you had the intentions of upgrading the quarterback position, What's the point of bringing back Cam Newton? I think it's just security at that point. You're getting some insurance. Like you said, he didn't sign him back for, for that much. But then there's also just that little thing. Because, you know, Bill Belichick believes in the underdogs. He, Jesus Christ, he believed in the biggest underdog in the history of the freaking human race. Right. Um, again, you got him on the cheap. And I know a lot of people are, you know, so what's what's his deal as a whole? $14 million? Uh, I don't Inclu- think it's that much. But including the incentive, whatever it is, people are bitching that, you know, we, we wouldn't offer Brady even that. First of all, you get to look at what are incentives. And I don't right. want to hear that, oh, well, he's going to be in Gillette. You know, he's going to get $100,000. Well, that's the point of an incentive. So I don't know what we're bitching about that. I mean, there's other players, I'm sure, who we signed a free agency that are going to get an incentive. You got to yes. pay these guys. That's the league now. They need, they need, they need the money. I'm like, that's just the name of the game nowadays. So I don't show know me what the money. The I don't know what exactly. Show me the money. God, that's a great movie. Jerry Maguire. If you haven't seen Mara Movie Minute. I haven't seen it. That's what you, Rudy, Rudy and Jerry Maguire. That's what you need Ru- to watch. Rudy, Jerry Maguire. Uh, there was another one somebody told me I needed to watch today. But that's the one with Jonathan Lipnicki, right? Did you 
even head weighs eight pounds. Yeah. You wanted to go to the zoo at like 12 o'clock at night. Well, I know Jerry, bits and Jerry oh, any given drunk. Sunday. That was the other movie that was recommended to me today. Okay, that's another good one. But uh, again, it's so reminiscent of in Jerry Maguire. That whole scene, that whole scene is just you know, it's one simple. It's a hell. It's a family motto. Show me the money. But get it. So getting back to Cam Newton, if he's yeah. not making that much money, and you know that it didn't work out last year, regardless of whether or not it's going to be a better situation. Now, are you still going to be running the same style of offense with Cam Newton as you are with Mac Jones and Jarrett Stidham? Because they've got different skill sets. They do. They're totally right. different quarterbacks. So the guy that's going to be pulling the trigger under center is going to have certain things that he can and cannot do. And it's going to be determined based on who's playing. Now that you say that, of this quarterback trio, if we're looking at if if we're I'm looking at the three of them, Newton is obviously the most mobile. Stidham is that happy okay, and Mac Jones is the pocket passer. I'm gonna you know stay there and kind of anticipate what's gonna happen, who's gonna be where. Um, and has a far better arm than Newton as of right now. I mean, who knows if he can transition that arm into the NFL. From what I can remember watching Stidham in the preseason, at least, and how mobile he was, I'm not trying to compare him to both of them and saying that he's, you know, the two mixed, but he's kind of a happy medium. Yeah, a little bit of a hybrid. Mo- mobile with an arm. He's, he's, uh, what's the, what do they say? Jack of all trades, master of none. Exactly. He can do a lot of things kind of well. Right. So, and that's, I mean, we want to talk about question marks. That's you're happy. You're very happy and excited if you're Josh McDaniels, but you're also kind of scratching your head. Okay. I got to get ready for Cam Newton to start week one, whatever that means. Yeah. Or I gotta, I kind of gotta, gotta figure out how are we going to get Mac Jones acclimated into this? Cause I'm sure, I mean, Cam Newton is a very great leader. He is. Mm-hmm. And I, I think Mac Jones is very happy that he's going to learn how to portray himself and how to go about being a, a pro quarterback. And Cam Newton is certainly a great guy to learn from. I, I do think that they're going to utilize a lot of plays uh, under center where quarterbacks going to be at the line, not in shotgun because last year when Cam Newton was required to do like a five or a seven step drop back or play mm-hmm. action, his, his throws were much better because it was, there was more timing, more cadence. It seemed like things were in rhythm a little bit better it was when he was just kind of like standing and had to throw that all his mechanics got thrown out of whack. So right at the least, I would say you're probably going to have both quarterbacks starting off in a similar position under center. Mm. So it's just whatever kind of tangents you want to make off of that or, or branches off of that solid kind of formation that you'll be going with. But uh, yeah, I don't know. So, and that's actually, so we talked about this now that it's a 17 game season there. It's yeah. Confirmed that we have three preseason games. Yes. The only one right now that's penciled in for sure is Pittsburgh and Dallas and the just exciting hall of fame, hall of fame game. game. Canton, Ohio. First sign of the end of summer is the hall of fame game. Did you miss that last year? Did you miss having that? No, I don't even know who was supposed to play. (laughs) Do you remember that one year where they like, had to delay it 
a day because they had put down paint and the paint was too wet. Yeah. Did, what year was years that? ago? I think five years ago, something like that. 2016, 2015. Oh my God. It's typical. Ridiculous. NFL. Ridiculous. I can't even remember the last time the Patriots played that kind of preseason game. But anywho, so we have three, <laughs> we have three preseason games. I mean, and you get it. That's, that's so crucial because we didn't have that last year. And you were right. talking about for Cam Newton. I mean, you should feel a little bit better that Cam Newton does have a fire lit under his ass. Like, as we said before, and he has a little bit more to, to work with on offense. And, you know, the team is built a little bit better. I I forget who tweeted it out, but Rome wasn't built. Whoever did Rome wasn't built in one day, but the 2021 Patriots were, that's a perfect way of putting it together. Pretty much. So it's going to be so interesting to see how the reps are split up in summer camp going into preseason, but week one, who do you want as your starting quarterback? Who do you expect it to be? I expect it to be Newton. I want it to be Newton. I do not want Mac Jones to be thrown to the wolves right away. We've seen time and time again in the past, number of quarterbacks taken in the first or second round. Sure, they can be good their, their first year. Uh, Andrew Luck was fantastic his first year. Robert Griffin was fantastic his first year. Even Mitch Trubisky, like he was a good quarterback in his, his first two years, but then it's almost as though they hit the wall because they weren't allowed to develop properly. Right. I mean, think about all these guys that have come into the league in the last five years that have just absolutely lit it up. Mahomes, he sat for a year. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson played in his first year, but it wasn't until the very end of the season, and then he won the MVP in his second year. Josh Allen, uh, two years in, he got better by his third year. He was an MVP candidate. Baker Mayfield, another one, took a little bit of time, started right away, struggled, but once the team got better, you know, he got better. Right, right. Then you look at some other guys like Sam Darnold. They put him in, they threw him into the wolves and and they ruined him. Like, this is a guy I think he's still physically capable of playing the game, but mentally he's just shot. He's just totally shot. Right. Uh, And that's so crucial. That's so crucial what we brought up because you and me were kind of drafting this out. And it's uh, look at who Mahomes and Lamar Jackson both learned under. Lamar Jackson learned under Joe Flacco and. Patrick Mahomes le- learned under Alex Smith. Now, right. I think Lamar Jackson had a much different year. Or no, I'm sorry. Um, Jackson, yeah, I think. No. He, when did they, I they're think both drafted started, different years, right? Mahomes, Mahomes was drafted in 17, and, and Jackson, I think, was 18. I think he was he didn't the last start, pick in 2018. He didn't start right away in 18, though, did he? I think Flacco, no, right. So Flacco started off the year, and Mahomes had a whole year under Alex Smith. And by even I remember at the end of that year, it was, you know, the rumors were going around that, yeah, we're going to go with Mahomes next year. And Alex, you know, and Smith is going to move on from uh, Kansas City or Kansas City was going to move on from Alex Smith. But you look at the guys that they learned under and it goes to look at Trevor Lawrence. Look at the city and the franchise that he's going to. He it's like I'm I'd be willing to bet that he sucks. I'd be willing to bet that. I don't want to say I hope that the guy sucks. No, I, I understand. But nothing, nothing is a guarantee. Mahomes was a 10th round pick and he sat for a year and then he won a Super Bowl a year later. Andrew, talking about Trevor Lawrence going to Jacksonville two days ago, they were having Tim Tebow try out as a tight end. Guy hasn't played football since 2012, let alone tight that? end. Like, Did that just like shock you in the slightest? No, <laughs> no, it really didn't. Because if he made, with Urban Meyer back, if he made that move, maybe before he left the game of football, he probably would have played a couple more years. Yeah. 
Didn't want. But then he went to uh, play for the farm, the farm team for the Mets. Yeah. And then college game day. Other than that, Tim Tebow is living his good Christian boy life. Absolutely. Um. So, it's crucial who who those guys uh, were taught under and who who they learned under. So, right, I would much rather prefer that Mac Jones gets acclimated, not for the whole season, not for the whole year, but I definitely don't want to see him thrown out there week one. And if you know what, from what we see in this, could all we still we are just keep climbing up that ladder. We still got a long way to go. We don't know what the hell is going to happen between now and. I don't know if they're having OTAs or training camp preseason. He could be ready week one. Like like Belichick said in his press conference, it's going to be whoever plays better than Newton, whoever plays better than who. Yeah. So if he is ready to go week one, then okay, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to see what we got. But I have no problem in, you know, not letting him hold the clipboard, but dress and just sit. So my early plan I think you can safely go with two quarterbacks this year, and it's probably right. going to be Newton and Jones. Stidham will probably get the ax. But my preseason plan, playing three games, this is how I do it. Game one, you guys are all playing, camp starts. Game two, camp starts, he plays the first half. Uh, Stidham comes in, plays a quarter. Mac Jones plays a quarter, and that's how they split that up. By game three, I might actually want Mac Jones starting game three so I can see what he looks like at the beginning, not coming into a drive or something like that. Like, what does he look like preparing as a starter and let him play the first half and then let Jarrett Stidham play the second half and then kiss Jarrett Stidham goodbye? I think that's the perfect way to handle it. I think you still have Stidham on the roster, but he's the guy who's out in his uh, sweatpants holding a clipboard. And yeah, that's where I put Stidham as of uh, week one. Good change. I don't know. It probably he, will. I, I still think that he's he's got something to, you know to f it up. He I, I don't know. It, it's just oh, it, isn't it great that and we would have had this last year if there was no pandemic or COVID. But this is the first preseason oh, in what in our at least in our lifetime in the past decade since that we can you know retain what's happening in front of us on the TV screen with football. This is the first preseason where it's like oh man. We got a QB competition. What the hell is going to happen? Who's going to yeah. start week one it, it, for that for the past 20 years? Eh, not even not 20 years, because, you know, the first five years of Brady's career and all that stuff for the past decade that we've been paying attention to Brady plays for five minutes and then it's all, you know, the twos and threes. Right but now it's like, oh, man, gotta, I, can, I cannot watch. wait. I cannot wait. And all these new faces getting to see them integrated into the uh, into the franchise in the preseason, like. One of my favorite moments was always, and he didn't play in the preseason, but just anytime Randy Moss was wearing a Patriots jersey, I used to right. get all giddy. So, like watching him stand on the sidelines during preseason was fun for me. Well, Nick, I can say that we're heading in the right direction. We got a guy, and we're we heading in the right direction. We got the guy, Andrew. We got the guy. Oh, my God. I'm so happy that the Jimmy G shit is over with. Who knows? So many Who people knows? have such a hard on for him, and I don't understand it. If he gets cut by San Francisco on August 31st and he's only going to cost like $5 million, I could certainly see the Patriots making that's, a phone call and bringing him in and, and saying sayonara to Cam Newton. That's the big thing. The money. Can he re- renegotiate? I don't know. Nick, I think that's going to do it. This is a good one. This was Emer- a great one. Emergency oh. podcast. It's a good one. Super exciting. Well, you know what? While, the, while everything's fresh in our minds, what a hell of a way to go into the weekend, huh? 
Yeah. We, we got 52 minutes until the start of round two and three. At seven o'clock, is it? Seven o'clock. Jacksonville is on the clock. Well, we're going to be back in the studio, quote unquote, on, <laughs> on Monday, reviewing what else. Uh, I wanted to try to get into what else they're going to need because they, they did just address the biggest question mark and the biggest need that the Patriots have. But now it's going to, you know, this is the part of the draft where Belichick, you know, he starts to find some diamonds in the rough. So it's going to be interesting to see, especially defensively. I would love to see them pick up a corner, mm-hmm. Asante Samuel Jr. This is going to be interesting, man. I, I, I love it. We're going to be back I, here I, Monday and we're going to review it all. They got nine more picks. I think there's going to be some movement. They'll probably try and move up, move down. Maybe there will be an actual veteran player that gets traded uh, this weekend. Football's back. Football Gilmore? is back. You hearing um, anything about Gilmore? Uh, not Gilmore. I was thinking more of uh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I don't know. Who knows? We'll see. All right, Nick. That's going to do any last thoughts, remarks? No, that's going to do it for me. All right. Well, he's Nick Mara. I'm Andrew Meehan, and we will see you back here next time. Later, bud.